A lot of people like to say, well, we're spirit-filled. And then we throw the curveball in and say, have you spoken tongues? Woo! They throw their bat down and go home because they get mad at us. But what does the Bible say about the baptism of the Holy Ghost today? I'm going to take you back. Now, Mackenzie, this is where you got to start praying. I have just started preaching in the book of Genesis. 65 more after this. Let's hope we get done before it's all over. Why the Holy Ghost baptism? Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 says this. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Now you can, in this whole building here, I don't know how many doors are in this building, but I've built several large church edifices before. One sanctuary would seat over 1,500. You just fit 1,000 on the floor. Another one would seat about 850. Had slope floors and had balconies and all this. Do you know that in one church building there were 72 doors? Now, somebody, whose assignment is this going to be tonight? Sister Cheryl, because she doesn't sleep at night. She told me that. I want you to count in your mind, when you can't sleep tonight, how many doors are in this church, and report back to me Wednesday. You can text me if you want. But I'd say there's probably at least 30. To, oh, I'm not going to tell you. All right, I'm just saying. But if, let's just say there's 25 doors in this building, and we lock one of them. Which one is everybody going to want to see what's behind which one? The one that's locked. Right? Because that lock says you can't get in here. God said, you've got this whole garden. Just one tree, leave it alone. And what did they do? Listen. The, the, they just didn't get transported over to the tree. Eve was standing by the tree. I'm going to ask you like they ask you in Houston. Why? 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 Why was she standing beside the only tree that God said no? She had all of the other thousands of trees. We are not talking trees that you had to prune and fertilize and aerate. We're talking about trees that were in the garden, that were in the perfected state. We're talking about grapes hanging off of vines. We're talking about oranges hanging off of trees. We're talking about cantaloupe, guavas, passion fruit, bananas in its perfected state. And she's standing beside the tree that God said no. See how our nature is? See how it is? God said, if you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, we know the story. They ate. They did not die physically. They died spiritually. There was a separation between them and God. There was a schism, a breaking, a cracking in the communication. As a famous guy said one time, what we have here is a failure to communicate. So there was a failure of communication after they ate of the tree, and then the next day or so, God comes walking through the garden saying, Adam, Adam, woohoo, Adam. And Adam is hiding because he is naked. And God said, who told you you were naked? How did you find this out? And we know the story. There was a breakdown in communication. And God 
said, because you've done this, the serpent is cursed, the earth is cursed, the woman is cursed, the man is cursed, and you cannot live in this garden anymore. And there was a breakdown in the communication between man, God's most prized creation, that he did not speak into existence, but he took the dust and form man of the dust of the ground, and he blew into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God's most prized creation. Giraffes were not created in his image. Elephants and baboons were not created in his image, but we were. We were created in his image, and now we have been thrust out of the garden and out of his presence. Why? Because it is a spiritual death. Brother Tracy, what does that have to do with the Holy Ghost? I'm telling you, we're going to Ezekiel, so it's good. Behold, all souls are mine as the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. God was saying that there was a spiritual death that day, and what the Holy Ghost is, it is God's attempt to bring us back into fellowship with Him. Because we are all born spiritual losers. We are all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We are all born lost. We are all born with a nature that God hates. We are all, it is easier for us to tell a lie than tell the truth. It is easier for us in our old nature to steal candy from Walmart. We had to take it back. We had shoplifters at what, 18 months? Two years? Yeah. We had shoplifters. Hopefully we did that before it got on their record. It's in our nature though. It's in our nature to lie. It's in our nature to steal. It's in our nature to have an attitude. It's in our base nature to, to gravitate toward the things of the flesh. But you see, God is putting His Spirit in mankind to bring Him back from the fall that pushed us away from Him in the first place. So what did the heroes of the Bible and the Scriptures have to say about the Holy Ghost? The prophet Isaiah said, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Ezekiel said, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit. Everybody say a new spirit. A new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony out heart out of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh i'm going to take out that stony heart and i'm going to put a heart in there that i can write my laws on i'm going to take out that nasty attitude and i'm going to put a good attitude in there Woo, hallelujah i'm going to take out that potty mouth and that mouth that qualifies you to be in the united states navy sailor's mouth but God said, I want to put a heart of flesh in you that I can write my laws on. I want to put it, I want to take out the nastiness and I want to put in the goodness. So you see, from the very beginning of time in the garden, when Adam and Eve fell, we had need of a recreated man inside of us. We had need of an agent inside of us to get in there and change the old man, what Adam and Eve came up with, to put it back where God intended for us to be in the first place. You see, man was never supposed to die physically. We, were, we all should be in the garden with Adam and Eve right now. But we're not. Adam and Eve should still be alive. Abraham should be alive. Noah. All of these guys should still be alive. But you see, because of our disobedience, death has come in. But God is putting in a plan of action from the way back in Genesis that he is going to bring man back to him just like in Genesis man was forced to leave his presence. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So God had to have a plan to do all of this. So Ezekiel says in the New Living Translation, I will give you a new heart, a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Hopefully, the, somebody in here has said about one of somebody in here, oh, they go to church now and they're much more pleasant than they used to be. 
Yeah, why? Because the Lord wants to put new stuff in us. He wants to fix us. If they say you're still the old grouch that you used to be, God ain't working on you. Well, he might be, but you ain't letting him. Because you got to have the want to. you got to let God want to change your life. I can't change you if you don't want to be changed. Let me let you in on a revelation, my brothers and sisters. God cannot change us if we don't let him change us. Because we have free will and choice. But if we don't want to change, God is not going to impose his will on anybody. He's going to let us make the choice. That's how we got in this place in, in the first place. That's how we got here. He let Adam and Eve make the choice. He said, I'm going to give you 88 million trees, but one don't touch. All the doors in the church are unlocked except the one. And everybody's lining up and somebody's selling tickets. Who wants to try to get in there and see what's in there? And when you get in there, it's a broom closet. Got a broom and a dustpan. That's a, you know, happy, happy, happy. But he wants to put a responsive heart in us. What did John the Baptist say? Now let's move into the New Testament. John the Baptist said in Matthew 3.11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I like that one. That's telling me there's a little bit of power to it. It's got a little bit of kick to it. One thing I was very disappointed at when I went to, to Mexico, uh, deep in Mexico, Puerto Vallarta, was the food there was bland. I had to come back to Illinois to get the spice and the fire again. Actually, the Mexican food we eat is not Mexican food. It's Tex-Mex. They've taken and added everything in Texas they could to try to burn you up. And then we eat it, and there it is. But the Holy Ghost and fire. Fire purifies. Fire destroys. Fire cleanses. You know, you, the old deal, you want to, you got to sterilize a needle. What do you do? You hold it in the fire and that heat gets that needle hot and it destroys all the germs. Fire purifies and sterilizes. John said he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Let's go to John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus is talking about teaching and miracles, and Jesus gets right to the point. If you don't get born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Well, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water. Somebody say, Of water and of the Spirit. Say, The Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying that you have to have a rebirth from your old nature into a new nature. Now, I don't know about anybody else in here, but I know this one thing. When I was in my old nature, you wouldn't have liked me in my old nature. I wasn't near this nice. Now, why are you guys laughing? You guys just act like I'm just a troll. That won't let you go across the bridge without paying a hefty fee. You laugh like I'm a ogre. Yeah, Shrek. You wouldn't like me in my old man. You wouldn't have liked me in my old ways. I was cynical. I was sarcastic. Today, I'm not a cynical and not a sarcastic. See, I didn't say I wasn't. And if you catch me at a low time, I get sarcastic real fast. 
there has to be a rebirth in all of us. There has to be a change in all of us because you know what? In our state that we were naturally born in, we are not going to get into the kingdom. We're not. You've got to have a change. I have to have a change. What's that scripture say? Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Neither be. And it starts listing them. Idolaters and adulterers. Fornicators. Strivers. Given to gossip. Wild parties. Whoremongers. And if I keep on going, he just says, neither shall you inherit, if you're one of these, the kingdom. So there has to be a change. And that change agent is the Spirit of God that God is putting inside of us now through the baptism of the Holy Ghost to get us ready for the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Are you ready for the kingdom of heaven? Let's give him a hand praise. It's all right. So if you've received the Holy Ghost, you have received a new birth. So you shouldn't be a whoremonger no more. Sorry about that English. If I received the Holy Ghost in, in June 16th, 1981, and I'm no better now than I was 32 and a half years ago, man, just shoot me. Because it didn't get a hold of me. As one dear sister used to say, Sister Beulah, it leaked all out. You don't want to get in there and leak out. You want to get in there and stay. A couple weeks ago at the food pantry down there in Alton, they gave us bags, what was it, two-gallon, two-and-a-half-gallon bags of chocolate milk. Bags. It wasn't cow bags either. i never seen a cow bag that clear. All right. And I'm, I said, we don't want that milk. How are we, what are we going to do with that? And they loaded it anyhow. Because I kind of got the feeling they didn't want it either. So when I got home, I, had, I got a bag of it. I'm like, oh, how, what in the world? So then you had to go find other milk jugs that were empty or you, you're dumping white milk out, a little bit of whatever. You're finding containers to put it in. You find a funnel to put it in, and then you got to hold it and squeeze it the right way. Otherwise, and it's, listen, if I put it in a container that's full of holes, it ain't going to stay in. It's going to leak all out, and it's going to do no good. That's what the Holy Ghost is. God wants to get your temple to the place where it holds it all in there. And you know what? Then the good stuff starts happening. All the nutrients of God and the attributes of God start coming out of his spirit inside of you. And that temper you used to have, you don't have it anymore. And that nasty mouth you used to have, you don't have it anymore. Are you seeing what I'm saying? God wants to get down inside of us and change us. That's why he looked at Nicodemus and he said, Nicodemus, if you're not born of water and spirit, you cannot get into the kingdom. Now, in a postmodern age that we live in, do you really think that God would be as mean to not let everybody in the kingdom? I mean, everybody gets a trophy now. There are no losers It's kind of hard. Matt hit it this morning. It's kind of hard for us to fathom. God would actually send somebody to hell. Can you believe that? God would actually send somebody to hell? Now, there are people that I have no doubt are going to hell. Just come to one of my family reunions 35 years ago, and you could have given them all numbers. You know they wasn't going to heaven. You're laughing. Some of you got something like that, too. You know they're going to bust the lake wide open. But God wants to change us. God wants to put his spirit in us. And so Jesus said, you must be born of water. That's water baptism. And of the spirit, that's the Holy Ghost. 
Okay. Then he says in John 14, 15, and 16, if you love me, Matt's preaching my message today, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now this Holy Ghost baptism is not a periodic thing. It is not a thing that comes and goes. Brother, when you got it, you got it. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Now watch on here. John 14, 17, even the spirit of truth. Now, he's talking about who? He's talking about the comforter, right? And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Who is the Holy Ghost? Jesus. That's what it says right there. Jesus did not say, listen, bros, I am going back up to heaven, and then I'm going to send this Father down to you, the Spirit, and it's all going to be okay. That's a problem. Because the Bible says, for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Right? Now, I don't have time to get into this today, and neither do you, because we've got places to go. We've got important things to do after this. Go eat. Praise the Lord. you got to eat. Keep that belly button extended as far away from that spinal cord as possible. But the spirit that overshadowed Mary is the same spirit that hovered over the waters in Genesis 1. And the angel said, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So the Spirit was the Holy Ghost. Because it was the Spirit, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. How are we one? Because the Spirit inside of the body, the body was the sonship. The Son cannot be eternal. If the Son was eternal, it would not have been born. It was begotten. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth the Son made of a woman made under the law. Right? So the Spirit of God indwelled in the body of Jesus that was born, that died on the cross and shed the blood. And the blood came from the Father who was God, and it was pure blood because it had to be pure blood out of a spotless lamb in order to fulfill the Levitical law that God had required that it be a spotless lamb that was sacrificed in order to redeem us of our sins. Because my blood is not going to redeem anybody around here. And at 6 o'clock this morning, or 6.30, on the news, I heard while I was running around inspecting highways that somebody has stole some blood of John Paul, Pope John Paul. And what are they going to do with that? That's what they say on the news. We don't know what they're going to do with it. If you go to sell it on eBay, you know, hey, here I am. That's like the, that's like the robber that went into the bank, and he wrote his note. I have a gun, give me all your money, and he slid the business card over to him. The only problem was it was his business card. Let's go get him. Amen. Here he is. But my blood is not going to do it. But the blood came from the Father, right, into the body of the Son, Jesus, who said, I am now with you, but I, you know him because he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. This is what the New Living says. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Somebody say never. Never. Say it again. Never. Say it twice. Never, never. Say it three times. Never, never, never. He's never going to leave you. Well, what happens if I sin, Brother Tracy? Is he going to leave me? No, he's going to make you feel so miserable. He's going to stay right there and torture you. What happens if I don't serve him for the 40 years of my life? He's still going to be there bugging you. You don't believe that? i got a brother-in-law that will tell you word for word. He said, he never leave me. Somebody said to him one time, well, you lost the Holy Ghost. He said, oh, no. He talks to me every day. Every time I go to do something, he said, he's loud and clear. Look what it says in verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit 
who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. What he was saying was, and I, this is theological, Jesus was going to die and shed his blood. And somewhere in the three days when he was in the belly of the earth, in the spirit realm, he took his blood into the heavenlies and offered it on the mercy seat in heaven. That's why when uh, Mary saw him, he said to her, don't touch me because I have not yet ascended to my father. Because if you look, now you've talked about this today. Because when a priest was going into the tabernacle to offer the sacrifice, if he would have came in contact with another human and would have been touched, he would have been considered unclean and God would have wiped him out. But Jesus was our what? Our high priest. You see, I'm telling you, I lost some of you back on the gravy train already. But he took his blood, went into heaven, sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat, and then walked into the room where good old Thomas was. And Thomas said, except I put my hands in his side and my put my fingers in his hands, I will not believe. And he walked in the room and said, hey, Tom, go ahead and touch me. Somewhere between then and seeing Mary, he had been in the spirit in heaven putting his blood on the mercy seat to give us redemption for all mankind. But then he says here, before it all happened, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I'm now with you, but I shall be in you. What is the Holy Ghost? It is the Spirit of Jesus inside of me. It wakes me up in the morning. It gets me on my way. It keeps me on my journey. It guides me day by day. When I go to sleep, He's still there. When I wake up, He's still there. When I don't even know what I'm doing, He's still there. And then he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Oh, that's what John was saying. I like this power thing. He said, I'm going to give you power. Holy Ghost and fire. He's going to give us power to beat the devil that our first Adam couldn't beat. He's going to give me power to whip the devil that Eve couldn't handle. Because I can look temptation in the eye. And I can whip it. And so can you. Anybody ever whip temptation in here? Come on, you whipped it. Yeah, that's more than Adam and Eve did. You're stronger than Adam and Eve. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is drawing us back into his presence. The Holy Ghost is drawing us back into his fellowship. Simon Peter, what did old Simon Peter say? Repent, get baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a death, there's a burial. What about a resurrection, Peter? And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, Amy, I love you. I love you deeply. Oh, there were, there were times when you've been mean to me. Hey, we won't get into it. Time would not permit us to get into it, but I was trying to win her over. I was in college, and college kids are broke. I don't know if you knew that or not. Megan, I don't know if she experienced that or not. But I was on the north side of Houston. And that's when that's when the Moonies were on all the corners back in the 80s. Richard, you remember them? They were selling roses or Houston Chronicles. And I found a dozen roses. I mean, they weren't red. They were white and they were yellow and they were pink. They were assorted a dozen roses for three bucks. And I really felt awesomeized about that. And I gave them to her. The problem was I told her what I paid for them. See, I didn't have you guys around to help me through therapy with all this. Now I wouldn't tell her. I'd just say, hey, look what I got you, baby. Aldi's, three ninety nine. No, never mind. I gave them to her, and she didn't talk to me for a week. It wasn't because of what I spent. Do you want to tell them? Here. 
Oh, it was too soon. It was too soon. She scared her. Look at look at me. What is there to be scared of here? You know what I'm saying? There ain't nothing to be scared of here. I'm just a teddy bear. Okay. But meeting you was one of the highlights of my life. Hey. Valentine's Day is coming. I got to kiss starting there. You know, I got. When I forget Valentine's Day, then I say, oh, what, you remember what I said last Sunday? But I'm going to have to tell you, and some of you will agree with this, the greatest day of my life was that night when I spoke in tongues and received the Holy Ghost for the very first time. That is the greatest event of my life because it made me a whole new creature. My granddad, he couldn't believe it. I came back from church camp. They got me to church camp. They said there'll be football and girls there. So I went. That's what they told me, and I went. And there wasn't any football. There's a few girls there, but... <laughs> kind of what in Bible college, what you call crop failure. <laughs> Did you ever hear that term down there, Matt? They'd say, how's, how's the girls down there this year? It's crop failure, man. We're just going to concentrate on Jesus. But I got to camp, and the, and, and the preacher got to preaching, and I mean the Holy Ghost got inside of me on Tuesday night, the second night of camp, and changed my life forever. Completely revolutionized me. And Simon Peter is standing up here, and he's saying, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Paul said, Acts 9, 17, Ananias, he's testifying about, about his conversion, went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared to thee in the way that thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, Brother Saul, isn't that kind of cool? You might come here and I might call you Brother Paul. And he said, well, what did the pastor call me Brother Paul for? Because Ananias called him Brother Saul. So Brother Saul, the Lord, wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. The greatest apostle in the New Testament was full of the Holy Ghost. He wrote over half the New Testament, and most of that was from jail. So if you've ever been in jail, Paul was there too. So don't sweat it. It's all right. God can use you wherever you're at. And we know that the, the Gospels and history and epistles, all right, the Gospels introduce us to Christ. History, what puts us in Christ? The epistles keep us in Christ, and prophecy is our future with Christ. And we know that as we compare now the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the gospel, it goes right hand in hand with repentance, baptism in water, and also now the Holy Ghost. So there's the burial, there's the water baptism, and there it all goes. Now watch Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. On the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Look at your neighbor and say, It's fallen. It's fallen. I like it when it falls. I like it in church services when it falls, when it gets crazy. I was thinking back, we were going through some pictures to a couple of fusions ago. I remember when kids were just strung out, laid out all over the floor, down the aisles, kids, teenagers passed out under the power of the Holy Ghost. I like it when it's fallen. I want to be in a church where it's fallen. I think God's going to take us into a, a place of falling around here. Amen. You know what I forgot to do? I forgot to pass out the clipboards for fasting today. You know what? How many's been fasting? How's it going? 
The more you fast, the more hell breaks loose. Sometimes on you. Have you encountered more hell and more struggle since you've been fasting? Anybody? I have. Just we're just going to keep fasting. Why stop now? We're already into it. Why stop? So get ready for your February fasting. But the Holy Ghost is falling. And this is going to be a place where the Holy Ghost falls. Acts chapter 8, the Samaritans. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself also believed. 8.13 of Acts. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now notice there were miracles done and the Holy Ghost hadn't even fallen yet. Now, when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. Why did they not get the Holy Ghost until Peter came? Do you remember? Because Pete had the keys. Remember Matthew 18, 16, I believe it was, or 16, 18, one of those? And when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Look at your neighbor and say, it's fallen. Acts chapter 10, 44, the Gentiles in the... Italian named Cornelius. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now here comes Simon Peter and he's bringing this real dignified um, delegation with him of Jews. And the Jews think the Gentiles are dogs Second-rate citizens. And suddenly, the Holy Ghost falls on the dogs. And the Jews were in the doghouse. Because they were mad. It doesn't say it in here, but they were ticked. Because Peter had to go back and explain what had happened. And God had tried to help Peter out before he went with, with a, a vision at the beginning of chapter 10 with the sheet coming down and all the unclean animals and Peter looking at him saying, Lord, I ain't eating that bacon. And the Lord said, what did he say, guys? Kill and eat. That's what he said, kill and eat. Look at your neighbor saying, kill and eat. Kill and eat. He saw all those mice and rats and rodents. I ain't eating those cockroaches, Lord. And the Lord said, la cucaracha, kill and eat. And the Jews were in the doghouse because now the Lord has just blown their theology and poured out his spirit on the dogs. Now what are they going to do? For how they know, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter, then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they wanted him to hang around a few days. Acts chapter number 19 on the Ephesian elders. Look at your neighbor and say, it's still fallen. Acts 19, 1, 12 Ephesian elders. Ephesian elders came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus and finding certain disciples said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? That tells me there are believers, but they haven't received the Spirit yet. All of us are on different levels of our journey. I'm not where you're at. Thank God. And to some of you, you're not where I'm at. Aren't you glad? We're all on different levels. We're all going through this together. But Kevin has me hooked on this stupid quiz up game on the cell phone. It's trivia. There's millions of different categories, and I'm on the Bible. And I am at, I'm level 700. Amen. I started out at level 3,000. 
I'm coming through. Boys, you don't even know what you got a hold of here from Illinois. I'm just telling you. Okay. But each player is at a different level. Each one of us is at a different level in our journey. What I can handle, possibly you can handle. As far as meats and whatever. What you may be able to handle, I can't handle. But we each find grace with each other and we continue on. But he says to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we don't even know whether there is. We never heard of the Holy Ghost. We never heard of that. And he said, well, now look what, it does. look what he does. Remember, Paul's the one here. He's the one that wrote to the Corinthian church and said, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. He said, then how were you baptized? They were already believers. They had already died out to sin. They were already uh, on their way, on their journey in the kingdom. But he says, I want to know something. How were you baptized? And they said, under John's baptism. And he said, well, that's good. John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people they should believe on him, which should come after, that is, Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were what? Baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul, watch this, had laid his hand on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Woo! Still fallen, Mackenzie. Still fallen. How will I know? How will I know? Never mind. How am I going to know? How am I going to know, Brother Tracy? Isaiah 28, 11 says, For stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Why did God choose tongues? Isn't that a good question? Why? Why did God do that to us? There are scriptures in the Bible you look at and you say, Why didn't God say it a different way? That would have saved a lot of problems. Have you ever said that? I have. When I get up there, I'm going to say, Why? Why did you do that? But God is sovereign. Meaning God can do what he wants. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 13. Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor, who's taught him? I am not going to tell the Lord anything that he don't already know. I'm not going to be able to teach him. I'm not going to instruct him. Who, with whom took he counsel? And who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Ain't none of us. Not, not a zip, zilch, zero, nada. None of us. So God is sovereign. Next point. From, why did God choose tongues? From the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 12, 34, O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All you've got to do is be around somebody for a few minutes and listen to them talk. And that's what's going to be in the heart. You're going to find out what's coming out. So he says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we've got to be careful what's coming out of our mouth. It is the chief means of expression. Proverbs 18, 20. 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. The tongue is the most difficult to control. I don't have hardly any trouble with my little toe. Unless I stub it. I never know usually that it's there until I hit something with it. And brother, it screams. You ever done that? I don't hardly have any trouble with my elbow. Especially when it is transporting food. I hope you ate lunch before you came. Anybody have trouble with your elbow? I don't have any trouble with my ear or my eyebrows. My eyebrows don't bother me unless they get bushy before I get them trimmed. But I got trouble with my tongue like right now. See? 
Because my tongue is the most difficult for me to control. James 3, 3 through 5, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they obey us and we turn about their whole body. We also, the ships, which they are so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they turn about with a very small helm. Whithersoever the governor listeth, wherever the captain wants to go. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter, matter of fire kindleth. I could say a series of words and I could empty out this church and you never come back. You can say things and hurt my feelings. And it will be hard for me to get over it because of this little thing right here. So what I can't control, God says, I'm going to control for you. Watch me go. Watch what I can do. An obvious, external, uniform sign. Remember, the gospel is cross-cultural. It'll work in Vietnam. It'll work in England. It'll work in Pakistan. It'll work in Russia. It'll work in, in South Africa. It works everywhere. Okay? Tongues will do the same thing. Rob has traveled extensively in China. I'm not being gross, but I'm going to tell you what Rob told me. So it's nasty. Tell Rob. It's nasty. Okay. When we eat, after we eat, for some reason we ingest air with our food. And, and inadvertently, the way God has made our body. Now, why do, you know, you think about how God made our body. He has to have a sense of humor. But anyhow, we have trouble at times with air buildup, and so it has to come out of our mouth. That's the nicest way I know to put it. We burp. All right. There, we got it out. And we say, oh, we're supposed to say, excuse me. And then if we have meat in our teeth or food in our teeth we take a toothpick and pick it out and some of us walk around all day with toothpicks in their mouths i don't know if you know anybody like that or not pete does confession's good for the soul now in china when they go to pick their teeth they do it like this. And then they belch out loud. So God cannot use belching as a sign of the Holy Ghost because it would offend us in America, but in China it'd be okay. God cannot use picking your teeth with a toothpick in China because it would offend them. But we'd be our, oh yeah, put her in there. Get, I've seen guys get gold ones. Don't we, Amy? We know people got gold toothpicks and put them in around and carry them around all day long. Gold toothpicks. God didn't choose that. He chose a universal sign. An obvious external uniform sign. Acts 11.15, and as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them. This is Peter talking to the Jewish council as it did on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that John, he said, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? So, a universal sign for everybody is, guess what? When you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to talk in another language that you did not learn, that you've never studied. It's a supernatural act of God. So how am I going to know? Mark 16, 16, and I'm almost finished. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. And what's another sign of the believer? They shall speak with new tongues. If you're a believer and you spoke in tongues, that's one of the signs. 
Now, not everybody's going to sound like me. Not everybody's going to sound like Brother Mark. Not everybody's going to sound like Brother Vernie, Brother Denny, Brother Richard. It's all going to sound different. On the African continent, there are over 10,000 different dialects. You can have the same language but a different dialect just because of a guttural sound in the voice or an inflection or the accent put on a different part of a word. And so when the Freemans who were missionaries to Africa for 40 or 50 years were in Africa, they did not look for and expect for someone to receive the Holy Ghost and just speak fluent Chinese all the time. Because some people are going to receive the Holy Ghost and maybe just speak a few sounds and a few words. Other people are going to like quote Shakespeare in Portuguese. Not really quote Shakespeare. But you see what I'm saying. It's just going to flow. You don't take your experience and measure it against my experience and say, well, I don't have it, but he does. No, God gave you your own experience. And so you let God work in your life the way God wants to work in your life. And you say, well, I must not have received the Holy Ghost because I don't speak in tongues like Brother Tracy does. Hey, I've been practicing this thing for 32 years. But I did not have an experience like Sister Sylvia did. Sister Sylvia told me, can I tell your experience? She had me laughing the other day. She had received the Holy Ghost, and she's driving to see her sister Donna. Now, if I don't get this mixed, if I get this mixed up, Sylvia, you got to help me. I don't usually get anything mixed up, like chuckers and cluckers. Just remember that. All it was was one letter. I noticed when I said cluckers to Mark, his face kind of went. Okay, so Sylvia is driving up to see Donna, and she's like, Lord... If this tongues thing is real, I, I want to do it some more. And she got there, and Donna had just got off work or whatever she was doing, and I had to get a shower. So Donna went to get a shower, and Sylvia starts praying, and the Holy Ghost hits her, and she winds up in the floor of the living room speaking in tongues. Here, I'm just going to let Sylvia say it because, yeah, yeah, it's you just got Sylvia, you can say it better than I can. Because it's your experience. Put that close so we can hear you in Portugal. <laughs> Most of what you say is true. Okay, because I started praying in the car to there. And anyway, he, because I didn't, I had received the gift of the, of the tongues, but I doubted it. You know, you know is that real? You know, is it, did I, was I really, and I, I even woke up in the middle of the night talking in tongues and still didn't believe it. So I, I was just more or less, I want to know if it's real. So he, what he did, he, like he said, Donna went ahead to take a shower. He put me down in the living room. I started speaking in tongues. I speak Japanese when I first started, and it got real, real husky, like a German, and then, and then in French, and then other, you know, like you said, it was all different kind of languages. It was all different, but it, it's real. It's 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 something that I, as a Catholic, would never believed. So that's I think that's the reason why I doubted when when I received it up here what ten days before I was baptized. And uh, but it was yeah it's awesome and it's just like it's every it's something different for everybody and it's something different for me and, I, and like you said I'm still learning and I'm still practicing. You have to you have to practice it, you know. Like when I come to work, I practice it. I, I talk in tongues, and I get a better day. Mm-hmm. When I, when I talk in tongues, I have a better day mm-hmm. because I'm talking with my spirit, not talking what I want. It's what God wants for me. Amen. <laughs> what I want to know is, did Donic? Did you get up out of the floor before Donna came out and caught you in the floor? She took an hour, so yeah, okay. It's for us. 
So how am I going to know? Jesus said, they shall speak with new tongues. On the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God is going to give you that ability. It's not anything you learned. I learned German, and I can't hardly say any of it because it was all nasty. That was before Christ, okay? So, it's not Spanish because I learned a little bit of Spanish when I lived in Houston. You got to learn that to survive down there. It wasn't French. I learned that in high school. It's not what you learn. It is a supernatural thing. Now, let me go into this. It can be also, it can be a language that is present in the world today. It could be French. It could be German. It could be, you know, whatever. It can also be the tongues of men and of angels, the Bible says. It may be a language that only heaven has ever heard. It may be a language that only heaven has, has created. That's what is so awesome about being full of the Holy Ghost is now you have the power of the other side side in you. You now have the power of heaven in you. You now are rocking with Jesus Christ inside here. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Hey, we got to go. Mackenzie's got things to do. And the Gentiles. Acts chapter 10, 45. Did you guys turn me back up or turn me down or something? You adjust me? And the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because it on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. The Ephesian elders, Acts chapter 19, verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Now let me say this. If you have not received the Holy Ghost yet, do not seek tongues. You just seek Him. You just concentrate on getting Jesus all in there that you can because the rest of it's going to come. He's going to show up. He's not going to leave you alone. Paul did it. Look at your neighbor and say, Paul did it. Paul did it. I know this makes a lot of people mad. Now, I included this other verse in here just to help you out a little bit. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18 says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than, than you all. Paul was a tongue talker. He said he, th he talked in tongues more than you, they did. Yet in the church, now this is what all the people that fight with you about want to say. Well, bless God, look what they said here. Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words in my, with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. See, Paul said he didn't want to speak in tongues. Well, he must be bipolar because in the verse above it, he said he did it more than anybody else. That's so easy. If we come in here today and I speak tongues for an hour and a half, what is it going to help you? It ain't going to help you diddly squat. Sorry about that. It is not going to help you at all. You will walk out of here and you will be eating your little pork chop at Ponderosa, cutting it, and you will look at your spouse or you will look at your kids with that, that just glimmer in your eyes and say, didn't the pastor speak beautiful tongues today? <laughs> no. It ain't going to help you. That's what Paul was saying. I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in order for me to teach you, I'm going to come in there and speak with my understanding that I can teach you rather than in tongues where you won't learn anything. Isn't it amazing? And you know what the Bible talks about? It talks about people who twist the scriptures to their own destruction. They just twist and twist and try to convince you that they're right and you're wrong. And guess what? Everybody's got a chance to be wrong. But we never left the book today. We didn't leave the book the last two weeks, man. It's the book, the death, burial, and the resurrection. The gospel, repentance, step one, turn around. Change your mind. Make a move for God. Water baptism, get baptized in the name of Jesus. You've got to go clear under in order to get buried. Because if we don't put you clear under, you're still stinking in God's nose. Yeah. And so today we've got to ask ourselves, what did Jesus say? Except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter 
into the kingdom of God. John 3, 5. That which is born of flesh is flesh. Guess what? We're already born of flesh. But we have to have a spirit birth. We have to have the spirit infuse us and get reborn. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. So Peter said this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And, upon, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Is the Holy Ghost for everybody? Sure is. Oh, I don't know. I've done a lot of bad things in my life. I don't think the Lord will forgive me. Then you're just saying the Lord's sacrifice and blood is not powerful enough to pull you out of the deepest of sin. That just makes me scared because if he can't get you out of your messes, he's going to be able to get me out of mine. That's the devil trying to make you think negative. Because out of the mouth, what comes out of the mouth? What's in the power of the tongue? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Guess what? Faith and unbelief is in the power of the tongue. I've got to believe that he died for me, that he rose again, and now he wants to fill me. Amen. Are you good? Give the Lord a praise right now, would you?